Today on Locked On Canadians, there is a fun idea from a listener to talk about some Habs great and lots and lots of goalie talk. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 961. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm not joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Uh, as you know, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. Unfortunately, every single day, one of us has been under the weather, so I am very grateful to Scott for covering on the Monday episode, and he did a fantastic job, three up, three down. I unfortunately was under the weather on Sunday morning, which is when we normally record the Monday episode. I'm not that much better, so you're seeing me in my uh, sickest glory at the moment, but I did feel well enough to do the show, and unfortunately, as I said, Scott is not feeling super, super well, so you'll have to bear with me for today's episode. Um, And today, I wanted to have a little bit of fun. Uh, We had a lot of mailbag questions from our listeners last week that were a little bit on the longer side. And I thought we could come up, well, I'm going to borrow this listener's idea and extrapolate it a little bit. It was originally a mailbag question, but it gave me a chance to think about uh, something we could do uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and uh, honestly, like, I, it, I can't, I have to steal this idea. It's from our listener, Charles W. Uh, on, and it was sent to us on, um, on Twitter, formerly known as X, uh, for when it's a quiet time news-wise. It's not a quiet time news-wise, honestly, but what it is, is the news isn't fun right now, right? It's not super fun to be a Habs fan. So I wanted to bring a little bit of fun. So thank you so much to Charles for this amazing mailbag question. And I'll read it first. And then I'll talk about some parameters because I want this to be a very listener focused thing. I talked to Scott about it before I started recording. And I really, really want this to be very focused on you guys. A question. Make a decade's starting lineup of one Hab star from 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010, and 2020. I thought this question was really good because it automatically eliminates a lot of the past grades that are not going to be eligible because they stopped playing before 1970. It's unfortunate, but also I thought it was it was good because it it like brought up a a bit more of a challenge. And also it included 2020, which has been three years. Um, And who do you include from that? So Uh, The parameters that I want to set is obviously three forwards, center, two wingers, uh, two defensemen, and a goaltender. Um, And it's, it's a starting lineup, right? So... Uh, like you can like 
I don't know if we want to do like sort of a second team all-star afterwards. Uh, but what I would, what I wanted to do initially was for all of you listeners to kind of give us the names of the greats from those decades. Uh, and then I was going to put it to a vote. So we were going to do polling on the YouTube, uh, on, on Twitter. I'm not sure if threads finally has their polling up. Uh, we're going to figure out a way to get as many votes in as possible. So then you guys will decide who the lineup is and we're going to do this in stages the first stage is going to be collecting the names the next stage is going to be talking a little bit about some of those names that you've collected and this will be uh leading up all the way up until i think the new year we're very close like we're at the beginning of december the holidays are coming up it's time to be a little bit more lighthearted and have a little bit more fun you know we are going to re keep recapping the games we are going to still talk about the canadians and the rocket but if they're not giving us joy on those days, we are also going to include segments about the stars that you have brought up. We'll give a little bit of a brief overview. I also invite anybody who was around to watch those stars to send us memories of them and we will read them on the show uh, because it's going to be really interesting. Like I, I'm very interested to see who gets picked for the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, who we narrow it down to, who we pick. I think for me, obviously, Saku's a no-brainer. I'm not going to entertain any other ideas, but you can make so many cases for other people as well, right? So again, what I want right now is I want the listeners to pick their favorite stars, and you don't have to pick like just one person, because we are trying to build a lineup, and we want to be as democratic as possible. The first step is we need the stars from the 1970s, <laughs> 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, and uh, and. I guess the last three years. I think uh, Charles's question was specifically the year 1970, the year 1980. But I want to open it up a little bit, and I want to have a little fun. Like I said, I, I want I want to, this to turn into a discussion, a debate. Uh, we love Habs history, but let's have you know let, let's have let's have a locked on Canadians Hab history debate kind of thing. You know, everybody else does it. Why can't we kind of thing? Uh, and so. I would like to hear, you know, you can send us an email, lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can put it in the comments on YouTube um, and maybe do this for, let's say, all decade stars. Uh, call that all decade stars. So like if you're leaving a comment in the YouTube and you want to distinguish between a mailbag comment or something else, all decade stars, uh, you know, ADS, anything, anything like that. Um that would be welcome. So then we'll know like that's what you want to talk about and feel free to wax poetic. We'll compile them all. We'll figure out a way to present them all and then give you guys a chance to vote. Uh, you can also, you know, find us on social media. We're at LO underscore Canadians. That's also a possibility. Uh, just make sure that you get your thoughts in about the all decade stars. So the, with this, with respect to the specific question of 1970, 1980, 1990, uh, 2000, um, did I miss one? 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000. Oh, 2010 and 2020. <laughs> um, that too. Uh, so with respect to that, like, I think I will leave that as an actual mailbag question and Scott and I can tackle it this Friday. Uh, but in terms of the overall exercise, I think it's going to be really fun to talk about it. Like, I want to hear what your thoughts are on 90s stars. Like, who, who do we include from the 90s? Like, who do we leave off from the 90s? Um, and it, it seems like sometimes, like, there's 
too many stars in one decade to choose from and then and the other ones you're like okay who's really a bona fide like there's got to be one person there's got to be two people and then you find that there are more there there is more than one person it should seem like an obvious choice and there's a lot of discussion and debate to be had and it can get really passionate so that is the exercise the fun uh i guess game that um i wanted to present to the listeners i wanted this to be something something that we can do over the holidays something that is more than just talking about what the problems are with this team because there are a lot of them we're going to cover them we just we need a break from that once in a while and i hope you'll bear with me and once again thank you so much to charles for this amazing content idea mailbag question itself will be tackled uh in on friday and uh, scott and i can have because this is the thing i want a little bit of a head start uh, and I want to write everything down and I want to bring it to Scott without him knowing what I said and without me knowing what he said. In the meantime, uh, we do have another very, very passionate <laughs> rant uh, from uh, a longtime listener about goaltending. And there was a little bit of a development as well with uh, that Elliot Friedman alluded to. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. This NHL season is still full of all kinds of possibilities. Cole Caulfield could find his game, score 50 goals. You don't know who's going to win the Stanley Cup. It could be the Ottawa Senators. It's unlikely, but it could be. And you, you could win big by playing fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether... You know, anybody like McDavid, Bedard is going to record more or less in their sleeper projections for anything like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. Your entries can be made in under a minute. And there's so much stuff. You can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, college football on sleeper. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Habs fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right. So I wanted to bring up, (laughs) we had a very passionate mailbag. We had quite a bit of mailbag uh, goalie questions, actually. There were a few. Um, So I'm going to leave the very passionate mailbag question until the end. Um, But uh, the question comes from our good friend, Richard. Hi, Lauren Scott. With Carey Price's and Yaroslav Halak's careers all but over, now might be the perfect time to revisit the old Price-Halak controversy as to which goalie the Habs should have kept. Are we now in a position to answer the question, which goalie was better slash more consistent? Two, how would the Canadians' history have been different had they traded Price and kept Halak? So thank you, Richard, for this question. I always love a good rehashing of the Price versus Halak um, 
uh, saga, I guess, history. So when that trade happened, I remember very specifically a lot of Habs fans getting really upset and disillusioned with the Montreal Canadiens and thinking that they kept the wrong goalie. Um, and it was right after Halak had stolen a pretty good playoff run, right? He'd stolen a few series. Uh, obviously, it all came crashing back down to earth. Um, it, this would have been the 2010 when they revert. They didn't reverse sweep. Did they reverse sweep? They, it, it was 3-1 against the Washington Capitals, I believe. So, yes, it was 3-1. It wasn't a reverse sweep. Um, and they the, the Canadians managed to come back. And then they won against Pittsburgh, also widely favored to win the Cup. And then they fizzled out and lost to the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers went on to lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and that summer... Both goalies, well, not both goalies. The Canadians had to make a decision as to which goalie they were sticking with in the long term, and they chose Carey Price. And for me, in hindsight, and at the time, like I swear to you, one of my coworkers will back me up on this because we had this debate in the break room, and um, she said something like you're not a hockey fan if you would have chosen Price over Halak or if you're happy about this. And I said, I think that Bob Ganey is going to turn out to be completely correct. Sorry, I said Bob Ganey. Bob Ganey was the one who took a chance on drafting Carey Price and it was widely criticized or it was a shock at the time. But it was Pierre Gauthier that actually traded Halak to the St. Louis Blues. I'm so sorry. I, I mixed. It's not that I mixed it up. It's that I always knew that Bob Ganey was Carey Price was Bob Ganey's uh, choice was, you know, he was the, he was his guy. Um and I think he turned out to be right. I think Pierre Gauthier, like for all of the faults that he had, he turned out to be correct. Because Carey Price went on to become one of the best goaltenders of the NHL, like in the NHL, not, not just the NHL globally, right? You cannot forget that um, he has won basically every trophy except for the Stanley Cup. He's got won every award. He's won every, you know, tournament, everything except for the Stanley Cup. And Carey Price stole so many games so many wins so many series so many playoff runs for the Montreal Canadiens like he was the guy at the time like do I think that having kept Halak would have been better for the Montreal Canadiens overall because his inconsistency would have come out the fact that he's he's he simply was not as good as Gary Price over the course of his career um that would have not masked a lot of the faults the Canadians had, and maybe the Habs would have done something about it sooner. They would have been a stronger lineup overall sooner. Um, but the core that they had with Carey Price wasn't that bad, right? They had Max Pacioretty, they had P.K. Subban, they had Andre Markov at the time, Brendan Gallagher was in his prime or early in his career. Like, the core they had wasn't bad, but they played, they, they didn't use the team. Like I remember getting so frustrated with the way they played. Um, and then obviously, again, they started trading away these players that were really good and then ended up really overall, like what do they have to show for it over Carey Price's long career with the Canadians? Like, did they get a Stanley cup? No. And I think that's something that people, um, people stick on with like, maybe, you know, it would have been different. Like, I think I, I would have, like, Carey Price gave us a lot to cheer for in very lean times. Carey Price has saved many a goal, uh, coach's job. 
Carey Price has masked a lot of faults over the course of, you know, his, his time with the Canadians. And is that better? Is that worse? Like, is there a guarantee that had the Canadians kept Halak, had Halak come back to earth, had, you know, all of their faults and all of their shortcomings been obvious would the Canadians have made different choices in terms of their trading, in terms of tanking, in terms of their drafting and all of that? Like, there's no guarantee. So to me, it, like, they could have just, you know, continued to, to just be a mediocre or bad team without even trying, right? Like, that, it, it certainly felt that way in the prices years. Like, it didn't feel like, you know, the Canadians don't have shortcomings. It felt like they were ignoring them because Carey Price was there and they didn't seem to have a willingness to put a team in front of him that was capable of winning. Sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but I hope you understand what I mean. Like, I think that overall, right now, if you ask me who is or was the better goaltender, I'm always going to choose Carey Price. I'm always going to say he was the more consistent one. I'm always going to say without his injuries, like the Canadians could have potentially gotten a Stanley Cup I'm always going to choose Carey Price over Halak. And I love Halak. Like, as a person, you know, as a, as a goalie, like, he always seemed to have a great attitude. He always seemed to be, at least on the Montreal Canadiens, right? Like, it, it, it's tough to have, like, this anointed one show up. And you're young and you're trying to prove yourself and you're, you know, that. And, and you know, I, I think with Halak, like, Montreal... Montreal got something good, right? Like, he deserves to be appreciated by Montreal for his time here. But at the end of the day, like, no matter what, I'm still picking Carey Price any day in that trade. As to how the Canadian's future would have unfolded, well, think about it this way. If Halak was not able to mask all of their, their flaws and the Canadians went out and obtained a bunch of better players, whether it's by drafting or trading and trying harder to be better. Um, and then they had those players, but they didn't have a carry price behind them. Would they have won a Stanley Cup? Right? That's also something that you have to think about. Uh, and it's a great question, Richard, and I'm so glad that you asked it. And I think today we're just reliving history. But at the same time, it is time to talk more about today's world of goaltending, uh, and that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is also brought to you by Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, a bookkeeper, separate payroll solutions, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of your business. They say if you love what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. But as a freelancer, there's always that dreaded paperwork that comes with it. With Collective, you can focus on your business of one while letting them focus on your paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion and not your paperwork. Let Collective handle all of the paperwork you dread, like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the, south, join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. Right now, 
Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That is a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. All right, let's get back into our goalie-themed episode. Um, So we have received a very long rant um, uh, from a longtime listener, uh, Paul Branshaw. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it. What will it take to stop talking about sending one of Alan Montembeau or Primo to Edmonton? I understand that Edmonton is looking at Montreal's goaltending and salivating but any deal that includes the Canadians taking on Campbell's contract without Edmonton absorbing 100% of the cost should be a non-starter. Edmonton put themselves in his place, which they did, and no other team should help them press control Z for their self-inflicted kick to the balls. Campbell arrived in Toronto with all of 58 games of NHL experience. He added 77 more regular season games and seven playoff games in Toronto. Remind me again how that series ended? In short, when he arrived in Toronto, he had a small sample size, and I believe that Toronto's scoring ability made helped to make his roughly league average statistics appear better than they were. I also agree with that 100%. Toronto, like, he was not a proven NHLer. Like, he had a long enough career where he wasn't good or he wasn't reaching his potential for Toronto to then be like, okay, this guy's anointed that, you know, people like that always crash back down to earth. And I have no problem with Campbell himself, you know, and that's the thing. Like, and and Paul Brancho says that as well. He's like, he doesn't, you know, he's, he has no quabble with Campbell wanting to get paid. But he went from a team with so-so defense in Toronto to a big payday on a team with a defensive corpse. Edmonton, yes. The Toronto media and Leafs Nation made Campbell seem like he was a goaltending god among men. And I think he believed his own press. I don't know necessarily that he believed his own press. But I think Edmonton showed up and offered, them, offered him a truckload of money. And... I don't think that I would have been able to say no either, even knowing that I probably wasn't going to be able to get to that world beating level that I had, you know, for that short stint of whatever it was uh, in Toronto. So obviously, like uh, Paul points out, like he doesn't know how much Campbell knew that, you know, about what he was getting into in Edmonton. But here's the thing, like Edmonton was known to have a terrible defense that consistently cost them playoff wins when they have two of the biggest NHL stars, one of the biggest, best talents the NHL has seen in history in Connor McDavid, and they kept they still kept losing. So this is the thing. So the problem that Paul has is why should the Canadians take him on? Any deal that includes Campbell should be ignored. Where would the Habs even put him? A $5 billion ECHL goalie seems excessive. Edmonton's bargaining power drops with each new loss, so why even entertain the idea of throwing them a lifeline? When your neighbor steps in dog poop, do you help clean off their shoes? And this is a thing. And so here's, um, he, he, you know, he, he also sent a follow-up saying, you know, the Canadians shouldn't get him to buy him back. I don't wish Ilan Campbell as goalie. I hope he gets his game back. But as a Habs fan, I want him as far away as possible from my team. There will be injuries on other teams. And while the hall might not be as lucrative, 
we wouldn't also be saddled with dead cap space as was the result of another organization's going on a bender in July. Okay, so this was a very long email. There's a lot of meat to parse through it. But essentially, Paul is saying we need to stop talking about sending one of the Canadians' good goalies to Edmonton in exchange for Jack Campbell. They shouldn't take on this contract because then they're going to have to figure out what to do with it. So earlier today, I was doing my customary scrolling and trying to catch up on hockey news. And um, there was a you know news uh, clip from Elliot Friedman that I obviously stopped and watched. And it was talking about how at this point, Jack Campbell is being allowed to get um, um, Manny Lagsay as, as a goalie coach to like bring him over to like the Edmonton AHL team or whatever it is so that he can work with him. Uh, apparently he had very good results with Jack Campbell. I don't know. Like here's my prediction is that Jack Campbell is never going to get his NHL level game back. Do you know why? Because he had little to no NHL experience with success before Toronto took him on. He had a hot streak. That's what he had. I feel bad. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure like, you know, obviously I can't play goal. Like I, I know that, like I'm not, you know, but he's, he was never going to get back to that level. Right. So like he can do everything possible to put himself in the best position, but he's still a giant albatross contract. And so whenever I was talking, I was like, Edmonton says no, to these deals that like you guys kept pitching like well Montreal will take on Jack Campbell and then Edmonton has to give a lot up I do think they will I do think this is enough of a problem for Edmonton to give stuff up but they're not just going to give up Jack Campbell just to get rid of Jack Campbell they do they want something in return it does make sense like there's too much discussion about a Habs goaltender because there's a surplus of goaltenders like that's it like that's why the Habs keep coming up it's not like you know, insiders, I'm sure they're plugged in. But the reason the Habs keep coming up is because the Habs have too many goalies right now. And they're not sure what to do with them. Nobody's sure what their future is. Nobody knows. That's the only reason, right? So I don't have a problem with these discussions. I also think that, like, you know, Edmonton isn't like, they're going to let Jack Campbell go for the right, you know, for the right return. And they're going to throw in sweeteners. I just think that people are overestimating the kind of sweeteners Edmonton will be willing to part with, not what they have, not what, you know, any opposing GM should ask for. Like I I would ask for the moon and see what, you know, and see what sticks just that Edmonton will be unwilling. Like, this is the thing. Like, I feel like Edmonton is going to be unwilling um and that's you know that's a very rambly rant <laughs> um I mostly agree with Paul I think Paul is a lot more passionate about this than I am I think whatever's going to happen is going to happen but I don't think that J- poor Jay Campbell Jack Campbell Jay Cam- Jack Campbell is going to find his game back I think he's going to at the very he, he'll be like a bottom feeding NHL goaltender and again it's it, that's just the level he was at like he was so consistently at good AHL not good NHL And then, you know, that hot streak kind of made everyone think that he was the future of goaltending. I just, for me, it was probably never there. Like, it's just, there's too much of a sample size otherwise, telling us otherwise. Anyway, I have apparently a lot of strong feelings about Jack Campbell. Uh, In the meantime, this is it for me. Uh, I hope you're able to bear with me and my ramblings. I am, like I said, very grateful to Scott for covering for me yesterday. Uh, And I hope he'll be feeling well enough to be back tomorrow because 
you guys seem to all like us better when we are hosting together. Um, and we want to do that as much as possible. Thank you so much for bearing with me. Like I said, and like I, you know, as you all know, I'm having a lot of health issues right now. Um, but I hope that this episode made sense to everybody. Uh, and in the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. I promise you, I promise you, we are often more coherent um, and, you know, more current. And we have a lot of things to say and we have a lot of stuff to cover. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Um, you can find us all over social media. The podcast is at LO underscore Canadians. I am at The Active Stick. Scott is at Scott Matla. Um, don't forget to tell your friends. And also make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. It is the first 24-hour streaming sports channel on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>